everybody, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, mm-hmm. your weekly episodes for news about music, TV, music, and video games, not necessarily in that order. You said music twice. Huh? Music, music, TV, twice. music, and video games. Yes. Yes. Okay, just checking. Movies, TV, music, and video games. Just verifying. Yes. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. Hi, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us. Today is August the 13th, 2022. Welcome back to the podcast. It is episode 300, or 344? Yep. 344. So thanks for joining us. We have quite a show for you. Not probably going as long as usual, but um, yeah, still a little bit of uh, August news for you today. Yeah. If you're catching us on our YouTube page, one, we have a YouTube, two, please ignore that first bumper, three, uh, we have a new setup. Yes. Behind us. It's kind of at an angle, uh, but you get the idea. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> we'll it, figure it out next week. Yeah, we'll get to figure out between next or, week and the week after. Yes, the week after. That's true. As if you'll be gone next week. I will be in sunny Florida uh, for a week next week, so I will come back. My first real week isn't vacation it, from work in my entire life. Isn't it like uh, like monsoon season, so not sunny Florida? Don't tell me that. <laughs> I'm going to fly in a plane. I'm going to be up there in the air where monsoons happen. Why would you tell me that? I did not check weather, to be fair. I should have probably done that. Yes. I should probably do my due diligence. Probably do your due diligence of where you're going to be. should know what you're going to wear and what you're going to bring. Well, I'm packing today, so I will take a look when I get home. But for now, we are doing a podcast. Yes, and we should start that podcast right now. Yes, thanks for the cold intro. All right, so we start, uh, as you can be in Florida right now. All right, so we start uh, this stuff. going to be warm. All episodes of the Media Boat Podcast with the music section. Mm, yes. And we start the music with the billboard, and we start the billboard <laughs> with the Hot 100. So hot. So hot. Uh, at number one, no surprise, Beyonce. Yes. Is your number one song with Break My Soul. Yes. Uh, that was also the single that came out from it, uh, released prior. So congratulations, Beyonce, number one song. Yeah, album bump uh, sent this one to number one. Uh, yeah, it's it's a banger. At number two, uh, About Damn Time by Lizzo, coming in at three and dropping to three, As It Was by Harry Styles, coming in at four, Running Up That Hill, A Deal With God by Kate Bush, and Running Up Your Top Five, Wait For You by Future, but really it's Drake and Thames. So uh, nothing too wild here, obviously Beyonce coming in for the album bump, uh, Lizzo dropping down to number two, Um, yeah, but otherwise this is kind of same old, same old. Yep, uh, the big hit was Harry Styles going from one to three. Yeah. Uh, as for your Billboard 200, your albums chart, mm. um, as mentioned, Beyonce with the number one album, Renaissance, at number one. Congratulations, number one single, number one album, as expected, or as yeah. it was? Yes, as expected. Yes, coming at two, Umbrana Sinti by Bad Bunny, at three, The World EP, AP1. Colon movement by Atiz or Atiz. I think that's this week's uh, K-pop record. It has to be uh, coming in at number four. Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen, uh, and rounding out your top five, Harry's House by Harry Styles. So usual suspects, ex- except for uh, Beyonce and Atiz. Atiz. If you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases. We do, including Heart Mind by Cass McCombs. Freak Out slash Release 
by Hot Chip. Yes, that Hot Chip. Uh, Viva Las Vengeance by Panic at the Disco. Yes, that Panic Panic at the the Disco. disco. Um, We also have Profound Mysteries 2 by Roikskop. Probably. I don't know. I'm going to guess that's true. That's how you say it. Roikskop. Roikskop. Sounds like something you get at the Ikea. Also something you get at Ikea. Physical Thrills by Silver Sun Pickups. Hey, that's Silver Sun Pickups. That's Silver Sun Pickups. Just the other day, we were in the car, and Christy asked me, hey, what happened? whatever happened to Silver Sun Pickups? And here's your answer. They're putting out a record this week. Yep. And lastly, Bleed Out, or maybe it's Bleat Out, by <laughs> The Mountain Goats. There we go. <laughs> All right. So let's get in the news, shall we? Yes. And Start out with a banger. Well... Who's doing the banging? Because uh, Michelle Branch was arrested for domestic assault, according to the Nashville police. The arrest took place following the announcement that Branch was splitting from her husband of three years, Patrick Carney, yes. of the Black Keys. Yes. TMZ, ugh, and shiver with that, <laughs> first reported the arrest, adding that court documents revealed Branch had slapped Carney in the face of one or two times. Branch's bail was set at $1,000. Um, for those who don't know, Branch and Carney married in 2019. And Branch said in a statement to TMZ while announcing the split, quote, To say that I am totally devastated doesn't even come close to describing how I feel for myself and for my family. The rug has been completely pulled from underneath me. And now I must figure out how to move forward. With such small children, I ask for privacy and kindness. Before announcing the split, Branch took to Twitter and accused Carney of cheating on her. The two musicians have two children together and currently live in Nashville. Probably no longer. So, I'm going to take the same approach that we took to the... Uh, Will Smith, uh, Chris Rock incident from the Oscars uh, back in March. And I'm going to say, I don't have a take on this. I'm going to stay out of their public matter or private matters, I guess. Um, I will say that it's a bad look for all involved. If he did indeed cheat and if she did indeed slap him, um, this is pretty... I mean, I don't advocate either of those things, is what I'll say. Mm. (laughs) Yes, I'm yeah. going to go with yes. Yeah, in yes. general, I do not advocate for either of those yes, things. Yes, I do not advocate for cheating, and I Correct. do not advocate for a slapping. Right, here at the Media Book Podcast, <laughs> we have a hard line about we don't think cheating is good, and we don't think slapping somebody else is good, is generally what we'll say. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to say anything beyond that, but this was the biggest music story of the week, for sure. Kind of all hit yesterday. Um, and yeah, it's uh, rough, because Michelle Branch also is on the uh, uh, run-up to a new album. Uh, She just put out a single, like, two weeks ago. (laughs) And so this is going to be more difficult for her to, um, I guess, finish the promotion of that record now. Um, Also, interesting time for uh, Patrick Carney. I believe the Black Keys are also on an album promotion uh, right now. Uh, So here comes the Black Cloud hanging over the Black Keys. (laughs) So, yeah, (laughs) yes, exactly. So we'll see how this all uh, shakes out. Um, I imagine that this will not be um, a done and uh, a done and done thing. Like I don't know if she's definitely going to go to jail for this. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, um, does this usually depend on the, 
either one, the severity of the slap, and right. two, the consistency, and three, what a judge will determine. Right, exactly. It's not going to be up to uh, up to the two of them, certainly. So uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll keep an eye on it on this case, and we'll uh, update you as updates happen. Uh, but for now, like I said, uh, media boot stances, we're not getting involved here. We're staying out of it. Yes, but one thing is for certain, uh, Michelle Branch and Patrick Carney probably head for divorce. Well, definitely. They're definitely <laughs> divorcing. Yeah, yeah. That's, not, that's not part of the question here. Yeah. Hey, couples counseling can work things out. Mm, these, Escape the from things done. can work things out. I don't think she's going to come back to him. It's just my guess. Uh, somebody on Twitter did say something funny. They were like, oh, are we going to get a lemonade out of Michelle Branch now? And I'm like, sure. Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> anyway. Let's move on to our second story. I put this one in here just for you because it's a follow-up on something that we actually haven't talked about in a while. Yes. Uh, Taylor Swift lawsuits. Yes. Um, Specifically, the Shake It Off lawsuit. We talked about this before. We reported this when this uh, initially... um, Happened in 2017, five years ago. (laughs) Yes, believe it or not. Yes, we've been on the podcast for five years. Yes, yes, we have. Yes. Uh, So, Taylor Swift clearly believes she's being played in court as a declaration she filed to the judge in the Shake It Off plagiarism lawsuit uh, laid out her contention that she never heard the song accused of, uh, she's been accused of lifting, which is play is going to play, until after she was made aware of the legal action. The lyrics to Shake It Off were written entirely by me, uh, Swift said in the paperwork, filed in response to the allegation from the two songwriters that her 2014 hit Shake It Off uh, infringed upon a single from the group 3LW that peaked at number 81 at the Billboard Hot 100 in 2001. (laughs) Quote, Until learning about plaintiff's claim in 2017, I had never heard the song Play Is Gonna Play and had never heard of that song or the group 3LW, Swift wrote in filing first reported by Billboard. She said uh, she would have little, had little opportunity to hear it during her brief chart during its brief chart run, since her parents quote did not permit me to watch TRL um, until I was about 13 years old, which was on MTV. <laughs> uh, so first of all, same Taylor. Yes. Uh, also, yeah. No. This here's what I here's what I think. Uh, similar to the Michelle Branch thing, I'm not going to you know pick a side here. Um, these kind of uh, cases are complicated. Uh, but what I will say is, I think the thing that they're going to get stuck on here, and what Taylor maybe has a, like a case with here. Is that players gonna play was not just a song, it was a cultural like saying mm-hmm. from the song that kind of caught fire, and people who probably never heard of 3LW were saying it. So in Taylor's defense, is what I will say, is I see I could understand if she is telling the truth here, uh, I can understand that. That makes sense to me because it was just in the cultural zeitgeist. It's cultural vernacular. So she would have known the phrase players gonna play without necessarily having heard the song players gonna play. Um, where I think 3LW has the case here, though, is that, yeah, it's, like, such a specific thing, like, to have it in a song, that maybe they have an argument there, is that, like, oh, well, we, like, made it, we had this specific rhythm, the way we said it, that you're copying here, and whether that's just independent creation or not, that's up for the, the jury to decide, I think, ultimately. 
Um, so it's going to be an interesting case to see how this shakes out. <laughs> shakes Take out, out. ultimately. Um, but I just think that the, the best part of the story is, yeah, that her parents didn't let her watch TRL until she was 13. It checks out, honestly. Uh, her parents are those kind of parents. Yeah. Well, you know, she'd be on TRL like a year later, so. <laughs> Not a year later. 2001 was really early for Taylor. All right. Taylor's only a year, uh, three months older than me, so she would have been like 11 um, and that's not, yeah, I don't think she would have cared even about mm-hmm. TRL. She was, no, she was watching the CMT countdown. Yes. She was watching Shania Twain videos in 2001. Let's be clear here. Uh, knowing her bio, that's exactly where she was watching television. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I, I am leaning towards believing what she has to say here because it sounds very tailory and very accurate to her story. But, like I said, I think 3LW does technically have a case here, and so it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I think they do have a case. However, it's going to be come down to, is it a trademark phrase or saying yeah. that they have? And I think in the past, if we're going to use precedent, um, ultimately that has not swayed uh, courts. It yeah. is that ultimately you can't, kind of like the video game thing, where it's like independent creation happens all the time, and you have to keep that in mind. It has to be exactly the kind, the same like chord progression, exactly mm-hmm. the same lyrical rhythm for them to actually get her on this. Yep. And so I doubt it's going to go... I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we're looking for cookie cutter here, not that's just in general vernacular. Was, again, common. I think that's going to be what this case hinges on is whether or not they're able to convince mm-hmm. the court that this is was a common phrase at the time of writing. You mean in 2014? Yeah, in which will be hard to make a case for, I yes. think. It's like, I don't think anybody was saying players can play back then. Haters gonna hate, maybe. Haters which is hate. also in the song. So, yes. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Uh, did you listen to anything? Uh, you know, so I missed the Megan Thee Stallion record, which was the big release this week. Yes. The T-H-E-E big release this week. Uh, so we'll catch up on that probably next time we speak, which will be two weeks for me. Um, but... Let, uh, maybe you should listen to that and talk about it on your solo show next week. Uh, uh, maybe, well, yeah, I noticed it when I was driving yesterday. Like, oh, there's a new Megan Thee Stallion record. Yeah. That's the big release this week. But uh, yeah, since neither of us listened to it, we can't talk about it. Yeah. So we'll punt that. Yep, we'll get to next week or the week after. Yes, punt. Yep. All right, <laughs> so let's go into some video games. And we start yes. with new releases. New. And it's that time. It's that time. Uh... Get your Doritos, get your Mountain Dew, get all your codes for yes. the Mutts, because <laughs> Madden NFL 23 uh, for the pretty much everything. John Madden, RIP, has seen his shadow, and that means that video games will start coming out again. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's a joke I'm stealing from some people. Uh, but yes, um, Madden time is here. Um, so, important to note. This, as EA has been doing for the last is the ultimate, five games, is a staggered version. release. On the 16th, I believe, uh, people who are EA, whatever, uh, people get early access to it. Uh, also pre-order people, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then the 19th it is uh, full release. So yes. um, either way, football is happening. So you, this is not a Madden year for you because you bought it last I year. I bought right? last year, yes. So yeah, you're skipping this one. But I do... Get access through Game Pass, so I probably eventually, will eventually check it out. No, 
they usually add that uh, also see if six my, months later. I'll see if my laptop can play it. <laughs> That's going to put you to the limit. <laughs> yeah, probably. Those are not, I mean, especially this year, because I think they actually did work on the graphics, the graphics yeah. engine this year. So, yeah, um, if we hear interesting things about this year's Madden, we'll say them, but we're not probably going to spend a whole lot of time with it uh, around the release window. So don't look for us for Madden. Uh, uh, Unless content. they do what they've done in previous years, which is give you a weekend window of three <laughs> days. Maybe three EA access. They yeah. might do that. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but other games are coming out. Other games. Uh, surprisingly, against Madden, uh, including Roller Dome. Roller Drome. Roller Drome. This thing looked super cool when they showed it off at whatever show that was. I think that was Summer, Summer Games Fest. Yep, for PS4, PS5, and PC. Yep, I had an extra P there. Um, yeah, this is the one that was like kind of in a roller roller derby uh, like place, but you had guns and you were shooting dudes. And it was like gory and you were doing tricks. It seems pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to see if I can figure out how to get my hands on this thing because uh, I really want to try it out. Okay. We also have Wave the Hunter for the PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. I don't know what this is, but it doesn't sound like my, my stuff. Uh, Kirby's Dream Buffet yes. for the Switch. Yes. Uh, Multiplayer Kirby. You can eat four-player uh, Kirby game. Uh, seems neat. Um, Kirby. Gotta love them. Kirby eating with other Kirbys. Uh, we also have Cursed to Golf. Don't you hate me? Nah, for PS4, PS5, everything but the Switch. Yeah. Are you cursed to golf? Um, I am cursing myself when I golf. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Uh, we also have RPG Time, colon, Legends of Right for hey. PS4 and the Switch. It's RPG Time. I didn't know that. Is that what time it is? Yeah, it's, it's RPG, RPG time. time. And lastly, Themesia for PS5, Xbox Series X, and the right. PC. Yep. Don't know. Um... Real brief, uh, before we get into the, the stories, just a real quick update about something I saw last minute yesterday. Uh, delay news! Ding, 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 yep. Hit the delay uh, thing. Hit the delay button. Hogwarts, Hogwarts. Legacy. Uh, the upcoming open world uh, Harry Potter uh, <laughs> game. Pre-Harry Potter. Delayed till spring 2023, so that will not be a 22 uh, release after all. Uh, surprising, no one. <laughs> I mean, can you still call it Harry Potter if... Sorry. It takes Wizarding place before world. It takes place before yes. Harry Potter, so it you is... can change the outcome to where Harry is never born. <laughs> it is part of the Wizarding World franchise. You're yes. right. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Yes. So yeah, if yeah. you were ready not to pl- to not play this, uh, you can wait a little longer to not play it. Yeah. Hogwarts Legacy coming out next year. Yeah. Alright. Now our stories. Now we'll get to the big story. Which is the continued battling between Xbox and PlayStation. This story is interesting because it's not exactly a classic console war story, but it's an interesting wrinkle in what the modern console war looks like. It's the backdoor dealing. Because no, no longer is it about sales of games and hardware. No, it is about services. And this is a war of services and what other companies may be doing behind the scenes to stop the other service from being successful. Or rather, what they claim to be doing. Because Microsoft has claimed that Sony pays developers for blocking rights in return for them agreeing to not put their content on Xbox Game Pass subscription (laughs) service. As part of a document sent to Brazil's Administrative Council for Economic Defense. You know, Cade. 
as everyone knows, that's called Brazilian Brazilians Cave. Yeah, the guy from Destiny. Yep, Cave. To justify its proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard, the Xbox firm claimed that Sony actively attempts to inhibit growth of Game Pass by trying to prevent content appearing on it. It's quite a statement. The comments are part of Microsoft's response to Sony's claims to the Brazilian lobby, which makes much of its responses public, that Xbox acquiring Call of Duty would be anti-competitive. Quote, Considering that exclusivity strategies have been at the core of Sony's strategy to strengthen its presence in the game industry, and that Sony is a leader in the distribution of digital games, Sony's concern with possible exclusivity of Activision's content is incoherent, to say the least. <laughs> Microsoft claims in the document published by Cade. All right. So, a little sneak in there yeah. um, that Microsoft is admitting that Sony is a leader in, in distributing digital games. I mean, that's just facts. They have to say the facts, which yes. is they sell a lot of copies of their first-party games digitally. Yes. Um, and they sell a lot of copies of, the first per- of their first-party games. The Last of Us has sold hot, like hotcakes, uh, like everything that they put out. Like Horizon sold really, really well. God of War sold really, really well. So like, God of War sold out. They are really, really well for these high quality uh, single player, huge first party releases. And Microsoft knows that they're not going to obviously pretend that that's not the truth. So to unpack this a little bit, this is of course this is the aftermath i guess if you will of of this activision deal sony is trying to convince mm-hmm. everyone here that this is anti-competitive that this is somehow if they get activision that means activision games could potentially be microsoft exclusive and that they could be game pass releases my sony sees this well if say this imaginary consumer we're making up that owns both an xbox and a playstation they yes sorry that's me uh but i'm saying theoretical yes um if they you know if call of duty comes out and it's available on game pass day one they're gonna get the game pass version because why wouldn't they mm-hmm. sony of course feels like that is a threat so that's when they made the argument it's like well no this is this is anti-competitive so microsoft's kind of throw it back right at them move here is to be like well yeah but we've heard we hear here that part of the strategic thing that they mention here, mm-hmm. the strategy of exclusivity that Sony does is make under-the-table t- deals. So here's my question for you, though. Do you think this is also happening in the streaming wars for movies and television? Do you think that, say, Netflix is out here being like, hey, we will pay you a lot of money not to, put, you know, like, to take your show to, um, to Amazon? Like, do you think that's happening in the same way that Microsoft is alleging Sony is doing? I don't think for specific games, but I think for certain studios. Yeah. Uh, because, like, Uncharted from Sony just came out on Netflix, and they're promoting it up the wazoo right now. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you can't get that uh, same kind of streaming. You have to go buy it on, like, Apple TV, uh, uh, Amazon Prime Video. You have to go purchase it. Where, if you have Netflix, you just come over and stream it for free. Or... Free for the paid subscription. Um, uh, yeah, it is a hard comparison to make. So, uh, yeah, that is a good point, is that it's not those businesses are different enough. And also, 
this way of distributing video games is new enough that we're all all the companies are trying to feel out what's the like what's the expected thing to do so i think sony is right to be a little afraid of having one of the biggest video game franchises in the world have a slight advantage on the microsoft side on the xbox side where people are going to be more likely to download it there first mm-hmm. um but i think overall though i don't think this is enough of a case to stop the entire thing from happening i think the momentum is still in microsoft's favor here i think this deal happens and i think it happens in the next month i think if they're going to make any type of ruling it's going to be anything that was already grandfathered into a wide release would continue to get a wide release anything new ip could potentially be uh potentially probably will be anything new ip probably will be um exclusive to xbox because the new ip developed for xbox exactly financed with microsoft money yes i think that yeah it'll be a case-by-case basis i think is what will end up happening and so yeah you will see i'm sure some Activision projects be exclusive to Microsoft, but I think that you do see the known quantities uh, still going wide. Um, There's one final note to the story, which is Microsoft did also put out a statement um, during all this that they would have no plans at all of making Call of Duty an exclusive franchise because of kind of what we're talking about right now mm-hmm. is because that it would not be a finan- financially sane move for them to make. Yeah. Obviously, they want to make as much money as possible on the Call of Duty franchise. It's loot box. Oh, wait, sorry, we can't say that here. <laughs> yeah, we can't no, say loot box anymore. anymore, my bad. Uh, but yeah, they want to make as much money as possible, and so it makes it's still financially um, still a good idea for them to put it out on PlayStation platforms. It's There's no reason not to. Right. Or And as they said, well, when they were kind of talking about this purchase in the first place, also feel out Switch, which is a place that Activision has been ignoring. Uh, but it would make sense to start putting out Switch versions of those games as well. Cloud-based versions, mind I mean, you. <laughs> likely, but I don't know. A multiplayer game, that might not work too well. So I feel like you would have to have maybe the next Warzone, uh, whatever they end up calling yeah. it, because they are changing the mm-hmm. name, maybe gets a native Switch version. Uh, but maybe the campaign is... Uh, Battle five. area? I can imagine that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they changed the name to, but they are... Battle Planet. From what I hear, Battle World. they are planning on changing the name of Warzone. So we'll see. But yeah, uh, the overall, interesting story, and it's like it does harken back to those old days of the console wars for sure. Watch them try to call it Battle World, and they get sued by Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Battle World is such a bad name, but yeah, it sounds like a video game, though. <laughs> yes. It sounds like a video game. Uh, but it's also a Marvel thing, so watch yes. them just get sued over it. Oh, uh, that'd be so funny. Oh, boy. All right, our second story is another follow-up of sorts. Yep, another follow-up for Square Enix, which has had a recent Mm sell-off. So Square Enix wants to sell stakes in some of its development studios to, quote, improve capital efficiency. Oh, business terms. Yes. The publisher held a conference call on Friday to discuss its most recent financial results, and following the call, uh, the Japan-based uh, analyst, 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 <laughs> analyst. Dan Gibson took to Twitter to summarize its plans. According to him, the sale of Crystal Dynamics and Eidos to Embracer Group was only phase one of Square Enix's cost, uh, Square Enix plans, and phase two will be quote diversification. Very business term here. Diversification. Of studio capital structure. You know. All the time doing that. Yep. Uh, So he wrote, quote, 
Rising development costs of making games means with 100% owned studios, they need to be selective and concentrate resources, which limits expansions. As such, the publisher will be doing a studio portfolio review. So, yeah, um, we had talked about previously, is this maybe uh, slowing down in, because Square Enix is trying to find a parent company like to get bought? This doesn't seem to be the case, or maybe this is part of that. Maybe that's Phase 3, yes. just trying to find a suitor. But at least we know now that Phase 2 is they're going to continue doing this. Uh, they're going to continue slimming down, trying to figure out how to make them a more money-making enterprise. They're, they're wrangling in the IP that they know they can make money on, yeah. meaning Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, uh, Dragon Quest. Uh, they're at the no, Capcom's Monster Hunter. Uh, we'll see what they do. Xen- not Xenoblade. No. <laughs> That's um, I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's but, more. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see ultimately what comes out of this, whether they do end up selling maybe some uh, Tomb Raider. That's the other... No, that oh, that's Crystal with, Dynamics. With Crystal yes. Dy- that went with the Idol uh, sale. Yes. So, um, yeah, Embracer has that now. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. If they do sell off uh, internal studios, if they sell off uh, IP individually, mm-hmm. um, we'll see. We'll see what they do. <laughs> they just sell off uh, Kingdom Hearts back to Disney Interactive. <laughs> no, they can't do that because there's uh, Final Fantasy stuff in there. Right. They have to keep that. Uh, no. Technically, um, like, the main characters are Disney characters. Yes, So but... they just completely drop the Final Fantasy aspect of I, it. I mean, they are, like, doing less and less of that every additional game. Yes. But I think that it's still core to its DNA that their mm-hmm. Cloud has to show up at least once. <laughs> Uh, in order for you to remind and remind, remind everybody that this is a, this is related to Final Fantasy, he didn't show up at three. No. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And they had to shoehorn in Final Fantasy characters into the Remind they DLC. Have to keep uh, calling the the spells the spells though. Yes, I mean, you gotta have Kiraga. Yeah, they gotta keep calling the spells the spells. <laughs> All right. Um, so, did you play any games? Uh, no, I have been slacking. I watched uh, Christy play some games, though. Okay, what'd she play? She is currently uh, diving into uh, the two years ago, uh, a lot of people's uh, game of the year from two years ago, Spiritfarer. Okay. She's finally getting Spiritfarer a spin on Switch, so I've been kind of watching her play that. That's a cool-ass game. I'm kind of regretting. It's not something I want to play, but I'm kind of <laughs> regretting not having that experience because um, it seems, like, really, really cool. She also downloaded... Um, uh, Baron Breakfast, uh, which is a new release from last week, which is exactly what it sounds like. You run a bed and breakfast for bears. Um, so yeah, it seems cool. It seems like a combination of like a Stardew Valley esque like gathering and like uh, maintenance maintenance kind of sim on top mm-hmm. of a Happy Home Designer esque uh, designing sim. So you're actually making a bed and breakfast for your clients, and you get to see them come in and enjoy the rooms that they set up for you. Yeah, uh, you set up for them and stuff. Seems like a really cool game, so I'll report back with um, with her thoughts about Bear and Breakfast soon. Uh, but yeah, so I've been... Sounds unbearable. <laughs> oh, um, the lowest hanging of the pun. Yes, did you end up uh, uh, finally wrapping up uh, Neon White? Yes, I the did. the precipice of it. Last yes, time I spoke. did. I finally wrapped up Neon White. Cool. Um, final thoughts. Final thoughts on it? Uh... It's a classic story with a fast-paced <laughs> gameplay on top, slapped on top of it. Uh, the story itself is very straightforward. 
uh, nothing too surprising. Um, anything you think is going to happen, as you're like, yep, of course that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep, of course that's what's going to happen. It's bit kind of a basic storytelling structure, but it's done so in a way with the facade of rushing through the levels that makes you want to keep going. Okay. Um, storytelling maybe given like a B minus <laughs> sure. in total, but like the actual gameplay is an A. Oh, yeah. uh, just the actual speed, the gathering the cards, the puzzle solving, uh, trying to get around the world. It's all really good and fast paced, and I really, really love it. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I, I really need to wrap that up as well. I mean, I won't be able to this week, but maybe when I come back. Uh, I know I keep saying that week yes. after week, uh, but it will eventually happen. I will eventually finish Neon Y, I swear. Because <laughs> I have to finish it before the end of the year, because we will be talking about it at the end of the year. I guarantee it. Yep. Uh, so not only did I uh, finally finish the story mode, but got all the um, presents, presents, nice. and all the ace. Hey, medals. all the ace medals. Good job. Yeah. So that's my intention as well to finish that game with those things as well. So maybe not, not the ace medals. There's a couple that I'm like, there's no way I can. There's no way I'm doing this. Yep. So now that I've beaten everything, it unlocks rush mode. Ooh. Uh, but, so there's two different versions of rush mode. One Just is plays, the, plays Tom Sawyer back to back every time you. No. 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 Uh, one is the Heaven version, where you get um, unlimited tries to go through it, um, unlimited deaths. You're just going oh. through each level one by one. That's cool. That's fine. But then there's the Hell version, oh. which is no respawns going through everything, and you only get three extra health from discarding your uh, sword. Oh, no. Yeah. That sucks. But you got to bosh rush through everything, all the levels. Sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, so much fun. Anyways. Anyways, there's a new game that came out that I decided to take my um, clicker to, my one-two points to. Yes. Yes. Two-point campus, follow-up to two-point hospital. Yes. Um, it's kind of fun. Cool. I actually kind of like it. Uh, it reminds, I mean, I didn't play two-point hospital. I probably should have since Maybe. it's been out there. Uh, but Two Point Campus kind of points more to, like, my kind of storytelling in uh, building up a campus, building up a school, building up a yeah, university. It's a school, it's a it's school version of the Two Point system, uh, but it's also the school version of Roller Coaster Tycoon version. Right. That's basically what these kind of games it's are. It's a building sim, is what building it is. Sim. Yeah. So you're building your campus, um, trying to get more students, trying to get more professors, trying to unlock more classes. Um, and so far, I'm going through the story mode. I'm kind of easy. It seems very basic. I know that if I do it on hard mode, it's going to be like, oh, now you got tuition to worry about. Now you got janitors to worry about. Some of the stuff uh, can, um, as I've seen other people do online, definitely speed up and kind of ruin your uh, your playthrough. Uh, yeah, also complicate things. Complicated. Yeah. Uh, but there's also like a sandbox mode to where if you don't want to do that and you just want to like jump right into an already built university and kind of nice. like mess things around, you can do sandbox mode as well. That's cool. You can also uh, sandbox from any pre-built individuals or you can... Pre, or you can build your own and then throw people into it uh, with unlimited resources. Yeah. Really fun. Cool. <laughs> Especially if you're a, real, a fan of those uh, old school like Roller Coaster Tycoon or even like Planet Roller Coaster mm-hmm. that had been redone a couple of years ago. Or if you're a fan of just Two Point uh, Hospital. Mm-hmm. Takes the exact same concept of running the hospital, put it into a university campus i feel like this is not a uh, very common genre anymore and so to see that these yeah. guys are really putting a lot of living it up yeah. into these games and putting that out and people really are enjoying them is good uh we need like 
variety, and this is a it's good very spice of casual, variety. very relaxing, very low bar of entry. The tutorials yeah. literally tell you everything to do, and it gives mm-hmm. you enough of a runway in terms of levels to well, I say levels because it's not really levels, but leveling up your school into um, a certain state to where okay, now you have free reign. But until then, um, it gives you uh, all the objectives up here. Like, okay, so I know that if I keep doing this, like, the happiness will improve. That's one thing I keep struggling with, keeping everyone happy. That was always my problem in Roller Coaster Tycoon. Well, yeah, because, you know, people need bathrooms, apparently, to keep themselves happy. I don't know why. (laughs) Like, I built you dorms. Can't you just use those? They need trash cans. (laughs) They don't understand it. What do you mean the trash cans are full? I just hired a janitor. I need a janitor for my other building as well. What is this? What is this? Another. I don't need to hire. See, this is this is giving you an idea of what your boss thinks. Yes. <laughs> I want to hire somebody new. Um, so this is on Game Pass. We should mention. Yes. So if you have Game Pass, either console or PC, you can take a, a spin on this. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm having fun with it. Cool. Uh, it's very casual. I'll come back to it like every now and then, but it's not something that I'm going to be like neon white. I need to finish. I need to complete. Sure. Yeah. Story mode. Something to mess with. So mess with every now and then. Um, similar in vain to uh, what's the other one that just came out? Um, oh, Escape Academy, yeah. where you can come back to it every now and then, do a level here, and then like, like, okay, that was fun for a good like hour, half hour, yeah. and come back to it later. Now I believe when we come back, uh, when both of us are recording again, it is time. It is Saints Row time. It is. Saints Row, uh, the reboot, uh, will be out by the time we record that podcast. I think I'm going to get that because I love those games. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be a nice return from uh, a vacation gift for me to just dig into Saints Row. It's going to give me a sign for Game Pass again. And just do the one disc this time and then just <laughs> use that one. Oh, you mean Gamefly. Gamefly. Game yes, Gamefly. My Game bad. Because it's not coming out on Game Pass. Oh, uh, yeah, Sanford Gamefly again. You just can't. Use that and yeah. then play that until uh, probably Pokemon comes out and then yeah. switch it out. I mean, I, I, I might just buy it. Because I like I think I would play enough of Saints Row uh, that it would be worth it. So I might, I might pick that up, is what I will say. So I already have, have my fall that. game pre-purchased, which is God of War Ragnarok. Right. <laughs> so. I, got a, I got a pre-order. Uh, Pokemon, because that's my fall game. Right. Uh, but we'll see when then we come to it. So, yep. but in the meantime, uh, let's move on. Yeah, I didn't play anything else. There's yeah. mobile games constantly. Cool. Right. And Escape Academy. When I walked in, you were playing that. Yes, because uh, you know those levels are run like 15 minutes yeah. apart. So you know yeah. they're meant to be done quick. Yeah. Bite size. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's move on to the second half of the show, and uh, we always start that with the television section, and we always start the television, hey, with the sports wall corner. Corner? Sports corner. Sports corner. Going to turn into sports wall soon. Yeah, we'll see. Sports wall doesn't sound right. I think we're going to continue calling it the sports, sports corner. corner. Yeah. Sports corner, uh, where we talk about this week in sports. The Little League World Series has begun. Um, I came in and, right when Arizona and Hawaii were yes. facing off. From the West Coast Division. Yes. So what's your uh, what's your pick for uh, the Little League World Series? Who looks good? Uh, Hawaii always Hawaii. puts together a strong team. <laughs> always. <laughs> so yeah. likely likely to see them. Um, earlier in the day, it was uh, New York versus New Jersey. Oh. Yep. Oh. Meanwhile, in the big leagues, the biggest news in baseball this week was unfortunately all centered around Fernando Tatis Jr., who has been suspended. For 80 games 
for performing and performance enhancing drug violations. So, a couple notes about this story. Specifically, I believe. So, what exactly was the drug that they found in his system? Uh, let's see. I don't have it um, on me. Uh, chlor- not me it's on my. It's on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, chlorobin or something like that. Anyway, it's a steroid cream. Yeah, that was that was found it's, on him. And it's a banned substance. It's a banned substance. He states uh, that this is not something he took to enhance his uh, performance. Yes. He states that it was part of, what was it, a medication for fungus of some sort? Yes. So, the... Uh, it's weird because you're being banned for a PED, but then when you try and fight, you have to come out and say, yeah, I got it because I was using this steroid cream to fight ringworm. Ringworm, that's what it was. Ringworm. So yeah, so yeah. it's like, do we want him to play we, with ringworm? Yeah, like, do we, okay. It's like, oh, is that like worse that we know that you have ringworm now? So here's the thing, though, is apparently some people who uh, are you know with medical background have taken a look at that uh, statement that he's made and said, um, no, that's not how it works because it would have left his system by the time that he would have taken the test. Yes. So maybe this is covering up something larger. However, we are not in. We'll say we have no idea. Uh, all we can report to you is the facts. Um, More so information we'll, will come out. What we will say is, allegedly, he has uh, taken this, uh, and um, allegedly, well, not allegedly, the league has decided that this means he should be suspended. Yes, he is suspended immediately for 80 games. Now, so there are no longer, there's less than 80 games remaining in the season. Yeah. So he'll be suspended for the remaining of this season, any postseason. Unless, of course, he... Uh, What's the word? Appeals. Appeals here? No, no. He wins an appeal. No, he has to win the appeal right. to be let back in early. We'll, we'll see if, if he manages. What do you think this does to the white-hot San Diego Padres right now? I mean, good thing they got Juan Soto. Yeah, <laughs> because like that, everybody thought that it was going to be the two of them that are going to be their powerhouses. Losing one of them, what does this mean for the the, the, the National League? Like, what does um, this mean? It means that... It, that does this can the Dodgers? Does this hand the Dodgers this, the, the the whole season? Like, no, no it just dropped back to where they were, but like pre Soto, except yeah. with Soto. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, pressure's on for Soto, I guess. Yeah, and for the rest of the Padres to show up without Tatis, so it'll be interesting. Uh, speaking of eighty game suspension, <laughs> uh, that is currently what the NFL is hoping for Deshaun Watson as they currently go through the appeal process against him. We'll see if. That happens um, yeah. while he's in the while Deshaun Watson's in the appeal process of his violation. Yeah. He can still play football, as was seen this past week for spring training. Yes, uh, and speaking of which, that's a perfect segue into our NFL story. The preseason has begun. Yep, football is being played, and uh, well, that means people are getting hurt. Oh yes, which means uh, ACL tears are happening yes. everywhere. Protect people, your knees. Yep, and uh, some players are being um, hurt. Some players are already suffering season-ending injuries, and some players are even retiring. Yes, as a former NFL running back, James White. I'm sorry, Super Bowl winning James White for the Patriots, uh, formerly of the uh, New England Patriots, uh, who was. Key in the instrumental comeback of uh, Patriots over the Falcons, 28-3, never forget, uh, has officially <laughs> retired from the NFL. <laughs> never forget. 
You have like one of like the like most outstanding fantasy performances <laughs> in a Super Bowl with like thirty plus points. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, he's retired. Okay. Meanwhile, in the world of basketball, uh, we saw, of course, recently uh, the pa- after the passing of uh, legend Bill Russell, uh, his number number six has been uh, retired across the league. Yes, officially no one knew will wear number six. Yes. However, if you already wear number six, like LeBron does, <laughs> you can continue wearing number six. But going forward, uh, no one will, they were going to retire that number from the league. Right. It makes sense uh, to honor uh, the memory for sure. Mm-hmm. But the biggest uh, sports story I saved for last here, uh, a legend has retired. Serena Williams has announced that her career is winding down and her retirement is imminent. I don't know how much tennis she has left in her uh, before this wraps up, but yes, um, she will cap a like legendary, like um, like top one of the top five, like maybe I was gonna say ten, and then maybe I was like five athletes, athletes of all time. Ever. Yeah, I mean to, to do it like period, like she's like she's made such an impact on sports, uh, and yeah, it'll be wild uh, when she plays her last game. Uh, yeah, so she's currently in the middle of a tournament. Um, unfortunately, got uh, eliminated in the second round. Um, has not stated that this would be her last tournament, uh, but does say that she does have a future endpoint in sight, whether it be uh, U.S. Open, Wimbledon, a, a major tournament, right. or just like end of the year and that's it. She's, yeah. But basically, I think the full statement was that within a year, she's yeah. planning on officially retiring. So uh, keep an eye on those uh, tournaments that she'll be appearing in because it may be uh, some of her last appearances in the tennis court. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but yes, wow, just just go down and one of the yeah one of the one of the most premier athletes of all time, for sure. Uh, anything else in sports that we need to talk about before we move on to television news? Mm, I mean. It's football time. Yeah, football will so, continue. So, uh, fantasy football is right yeah. around the corner. Get your mock drafts ready. Prepare for your actual drafts, too. And then mock other people's drafts. Yes. Ha, ha, ha. All right. Let's move on into television news. Our first story is, of course, our annual update about streaming services raising their prices. Because well, money, money, money. It's not just raising prices, but this is also adding a tier. That's true. Beginning December 8th, Disney Plus... Premium no ads plan, currently $7.99 a month or $79.99 a year, will change to $10.99 a month or $109.99 a year. This coincides with the release of an ad-supported tier called Disney Plus Basic, eh, basic for $7.99 a month. There will be no ads in kids and preschool programming in that, but everything else will have ads. Yep. Disney will also announce new basic plans with ads for $9.99 a month for the combined package of Disney Plus and Hulu, $12.99 a month for Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus, and $69.99 a month for Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Hulu Live Television. All those are with ads, though, bundled with with ads. There will be higher prices for the no ads versions of those services. Uh, except for ESPN Plus, because ESPN Plus cannot get away from the ad. Yes. From not having ads. Right. 
The news comes on the cusp of Disney's latest quarterly earnings and amid a sentiment shift on streaming at the company. We kind of reported a little bit of this with some corporate shakeups that happened earlier in the year. Wall Street and big media are scrutinizing streaming costs, growth prospects, and potential profits much more closely these days. Advertising lets Disney offer more options and price points, which is becoming especially relevant in complicated economic times like now with inflation soaring and recession looming. And ad revenue can help defray the high cost of content spend. I like how whoever wrote this article was, like, giving excuses yes. for Disney, which is very funny to me. It is. <laughs> I don't care. Like, they're going to do it no matter what. I don't care the reason for it. Yep. I mean, we knew this was coming. Um, yeah. It launched so just... cheap. That was the big news about Disney Plus upon launch. Everybody was like, that's all they're charging? It was like four ninety nine a month, right? Yeah, it was so cheap when they launched it. So here's how cheap it actually was. Yeah. If you had signed up for uh, the D23 uh, membership, which was free, by the way, uh, when they announced that Disney Plus was going to happen, you could get three years of Disney Plus for $70. Just straight up, here's $70, and we'll give you three years of Disney Plus. And that three years, guess what? Runs out this November. <laughs> so, hmm, uh, it coincident timing, isn't it? Hmm, raising ad prices right when, like, the best deal ever Disney's ever given yeah. just happens to be expiring the month before. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just, like, making all these, like, long chin um, <laughs> twisting of the mustaches because... I'm one of those people who yes. signed up for the $70 three years knowing that right. it's three years. It. I don't know what's going to come, but I know that if I pay you $70 now, I don't have to worry about it for three years. Right. And now three, three years has come by. They knew. They knew. Your clock was ticking. Oh, yes. All right. So, well. Uh, I want another deal like that. Give me another, like, $100 for two years. I don't think they're going to do it anymore. Like I said, more scrutinizing. I know, more scrutinizing. The price uh, points, and they're going to... I don't think they're going to give you a deal like that. But I'm a Disney member. Join D23 and maybe they'll consider it. Let's move on uh, to our second story here, which is all about a late-night collaborator um, stepping down from his position. John Baptiste, fresh from... Owning the Grammys this year. Yes, uh, you have to say his proper name. Grammy winning. Yes, Grammy winner. John Batiste. Following his Album of the Year win earlier this year, the former band leader of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert is stepping away after seven seasons. Luis Cato has been promoted from interim band leader and will take over permanently. Quote, We've been so lucky to have a front row seat to John's incredible talent for the past seven years, says Stephen Colbert on the show. Quote, and we'll miss him. will we miss him here? Yeah, but we're happy for you, John. And I can't wait to have you back on as a guest with your net, next hit record. End quote. Ahead of Baptiste's departure, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert hosted musical residencies from St. Vincent, James Taylor, and Joe Walsh. Not all at once, individually. Yes. <laughs> Each musician <laughs> performed with the house band Stay Human, which will be staying. Yes, they will and stay And also human. on the show. So after we do the intros, because now it's going to be Louis Cato with Stay Human. Yes. Uh, but I mean, this happens. We this kind of expected this, I guess. He got too big. He got too big for his britches. He wants to probably focus on his um, 
probably on his uh, solo work and also on his collaborations, I'm sure, and probably do less of the day-in, day-out late show gig. I get it. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, as you like become more of an important figure in the music industry, you don't have time for a day job. He literally quit his day job. Yes, he literally quit the day job. <laughs> well, the night job, I guess. Uh, yeah, day and night, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think this will affect uh, uh, Stephen Colbert much. I'm sure the show will continue uh, scooting yes. along. I'm sure that Cato is a talented musician. I'm not familiar with him, but I'm guessing. Um, so, yeah, uh, this is just a, a another career move for Batiste. So, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, this was expensive. I don't say expected, but you kind of saw it coming when he did win his Grammys. Um, yes. It was one of the things that Stephen Colbert did mention on when uh, John Baptiste won the Grammy was that he didn't want the show to stop the band or anyone in the band leader right. from pursuing anything outside of, like, in their, their career, in their dreams. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. It's good leadership. It's good leadership. Yeah. Like, yeah. Helping others grow. That's what makes a good leader. Indeed. Speaking of growing, we have a growing list of television to talk about. Um, uh, there's some finale stuff. I think you'll leave by the time we come back. We'll have a lot of television to talk about. But for now, we have a handful. I'm going to start real, real quick with a quickie. We are currently on a game show kick at the Matt Christie household. It's summer game shows. It's summer game show time, and we're engaging in them. And we... Uh, uh, caught one of the new, uh, well, not new, a reboot of a classic uh, that uh, happened this week. They brought back Password. and uh, Not Password Plus? No, not Password <laughs> Plus. The plus is not in this. It's just classic Password, uh, hosted by Kiki Palmer. and um, Kiki Palmer? He, that, is that Kiki Palmer. Of Nope? <laughs> yes, of Nope, among other things. Um, and yeah, it's a... Uh, same old password, except with, of course, more recent celebrities. The one we saw uh, this week what had Jimmy Fallon and Heidi Klum. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. That was our reaction, too. I believe next week Megan Trainer is on. Anyways, um, so, yeah. It's Password. You know, if you're familiar with, the, with Password, you know what to expect here. I don't love the new format here. I think it's going to be one of those where we only watch the with guests that we care about. Uh, but yeah, if you're on a game show kick like we are, uh, hey, they're still making game shows. I still prefer Generation Gap. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put that out a couple times. It's oh a little bit better. Anyway. So yeah, game shows. They exist. And they're making. They're still making them. Yep. Um, but you didn't anything new, like, format-wise? Or just no. same uh, old well, password? Slightly. Uh, slightly. I think the last... Uh, they do a little bit of a... I guess a, a, a gimme at the end. Uh, they don't end it um, like at the final round, essentially. Mm-hmm. They do like a bonus special, like double your money round at the very end. Okay. Try to pump up the money. Because mm-hmm. the max you can win is to only $25,000. And so they know, I feel like they know that's a little low compared to a lot of modern game shows. Yeah. So they will allow you to double your money if you only top out at like eight. Especially if you have like competing against hundred thousand dollar pyramid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they, they they basically are just like, you know what? We're gonna let you consult both guests. Both guests will discuss an answer, and if they get it right, which of course they will, mm-hmm. uh, you double your money. Makes sense. So yeah, it's it's frivolous. It's silly. It's password. It's what you think it is, uh, but it's television. Hey, it's TV. Hey, it's TV. So you watched a couple of things that are not game shows, though. No. Um, so wrapped up a couple of shows. Wrapped up a couple of shows. First one is The Captain 
on ESPN about Derek Jeter that wrapped yes. up officially this week uh, in dealing, going through his retirement and his purchase of the Marlins and then his subsequent exiting of the Marlins and kind of leaves you on a cliffhanger of what's next for Derek Jeter? What's next? Which is kind of like where he is right now, which yeah. is producing stuff like right. The Captain. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how many spinoffs he can do with wow, The Snape Captain. really eats a tail at the end of the day. Oh, it really it? does. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I really enjoyed it, especially like having grown up and watched Derek Jeter and Richard right. Derek Jeter and like it's why I'm uh, he's there behind us right now <laughs> with Mike Trout. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's I mean, I, I, I like that picture. I like, like that's my childhood right there in the in that shell. Just Derek Jeter, and Mike Trout. Like childhood is being de- generous for Mike Trout. You were, I mean, yes, you were in college. I don't think he got your. But the inner child in me that still roots for baseball sure, roots yes. for Mike Trout. Sure. And that little child within me um, had the passion instilled to him by Derek Jeter. So it's like the passing of the torch right there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, now all episodes are available on ESPN Plus. Um, you can pair that up with Man in the Arena with Tom Brady's side of, about it. Uh, yeah. And it's it's fun. It's interesting, especially if you didn't know anything mm-hmm. about like what made the Yankees the Yankees, yeah. especially in the '90s and early 2000s. Uh, yeah, I, this is on my list. I really want to watch all of it. I feel like I should finish finally go back and finish Ken Burns' baseball first before I do. <laughs> Just wrap that up completely. Yes. because that actually is a perfect segue because it ends about like like in the, like the somewhere in the '90s, and so I would be like it would be perfect to follow that up with with uh, Jeter's story. So uh, yeah, yeah. I might do that. Yeah, it talks about, um, he goes really into, like, all the, like, the depths of, like, all the injuries he'd been through, everything that he played through, uh, everything, like, all the media, all the pressure, like, of being the captain, of being the leader of the Yankees, and then, like, the face of baseball. Um, During a tumultuous time for baseball. Yeah. Yeah. It goes into that, too. As we all know. As we all know. Uh, He still has some beef with... uh, (laughs) Uh, A-Rod, that has yet to be resolved. Don't we all? (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, they go into stuff. They really don't hold back, uh, much in the same way that Tom Brady didn't hold back in Man in the Arena. That's good. So, yeah, it's a good one-two piece, especially if you're a fan of, like, football, baseball. You can watch them back-to-back or within each other to give yourself some breaks. But yeah, the captain. The captain. Yep. Oh, captain, my captain. And... The other show I watched, um, thank you, I guess, Netflix, for reminding me that this show was appearing uh, this weekend. Well, this week, I guess. Uh, Lock and Key, Season 3, the finale. And, oh boy, did Netflix really want to get rid of this one. Yeah, you had said by the end of Season 2, you thought this thing was done. And then they brought it back, and you were like, what are they going to do? No, at the end of season two, I said they left the door open for a season three but, in the most yeah. weirdest and strange way possible. And, yes, it does get really weird and strange. And you know how bad, like, the setup was that... They... How bad was it? It was so bad <laughs> that they had to introduce a time travel mechanic to bring back one of the bad guys. Whoa. So, like, the main villain from season two, one and two, which they killed off, just so they could have a more interesting dynamic of yes. why this new person is really like an ultimate bad person. Dang. 
Lame. 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 Dumb. Don't do that. Um, It's also really dumb because... One... How dumb is it? One... Um, because it deals with, like, magical keys, you can just create any magical keys. Like, yeah, this is a magic key that's just been hidden in the house that they've been living in for three years and just haven't found yet. Of course, the magic key has been in the freezer that no one checks. <laughs> which is super dumb. <laughs> uh, and it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, oh, yeah, magical keys here and there. Like, you never found it, but, yeah, it still exists. It's still a thing. Um, it ends... In the way that, like, an ending should happen. However, the way that I think Netflix and the show creators approach this is really tight-budgeted. Because a lot of the what made, like, the first two seasons fun is that you had all the interaction, like, within the school. With them, um, like, interacting, like, as, like, teenagers, as kids, as, um, like, young adults fighting themselves. But when you get into season three, well... They're already grown, and they already know how the keys work. So they have, like, established rules. And now they're kind of, like, in this kind of, like, groove of, like, how they're doing things. And you kind of get to a Superman problem of if everything, everyone knows how they're doing things, how are you going to, like, resolve conflict? How are you going to create the stakes? So you have to do super shenanigan things in order to raise the stakes. And they're super shenanigan in the very obvious way. And season three just needed... More rework. It felt like Netflix and the show creators just wanted to, like, they said, like, okay, you're going to get one more season, but you need to shoot it real quickly. It has to be in a single location because we don't really want to give you the money to go shoot other locations. We spent too much money on Stranger Things. Pretty much. Here's the scraps. Yeah, here's the scraps. (laughs) Use what you already have built, and good luck. (laughs) Pretty much. Dumb. Man, well that sucks. It, it, I mean, it didn't seem like something you were in love with, anyways. So I was in love with the first season, but the second season tamed my expectations to, enough to where by get to the third season, I was like, "All right, let's jump off this cliff and yeah. dive together." Yeah, makes sense. Uh, but yeah, That's the actual lock, lock and key, lock and key. The actual ending itself is very um, expected, especially when you deal with magical elements, because yeah. Matt, as we've said before, magic. Yeah, is the it can't be the solution to all of your problems because if it does, your story doesn't work. No, magic is the problem and yeah. solution to all of the problems. Ugh, so frustrating. It's like no, like that is a loophole, and yeah, it's it's lazy writing is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, but they do leave the door open for other keys that may or may not have been found. I don't care. I don't care. I don't think they're going to do a season four of this. Oh no, they can't. Right. But they're just saying that. Hey, like we did the little jingle that they did, like, but they're finding new keys. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, lock and key. Out. Done. Don't think I'll return to it. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, door closed. Uh, <laughs> anything else for uh, television we need to talk about? Do, do. Only yeah. murders in a building. It has two weeks left. Yes. Yeah, so we'll talk about that uh, when, when we're both return. in the same room. Yep. Also, when we're both in the same room, um, shows I plan on watching before then. I'm going to jump into um, uh, the League of Their Own uh, series coming to Amazon. Yep. Uh, that premiered yesterday, so I will be watching part of that. Yep. Yes, I'm daring the, the Amazon uh, jungle to watch that. Because She-Hulk we, premieres next week, so, so I'll talk about talk that. About She-Hulk, and then there was something else. 
that we are going to watch. Oh, yeah, a couple of other things. Netflix is Sandman. Oh, yeah. Chrissy's a big fan. We want to watch that. And also on um, Amazon, I believe, uh, Paper Girls, which is also a comic adaptation. Yes, you told me about that. Both of those, uh, we will try. I will try to have something to say uh, about next time. Yeah, someone tried to get me, tried to convince me to watch Sandman at yeah. work. I was like, but Phil Garman, it's got like, like, don't you like him? I'm like, eh. Chrissy loves that universe, loves characters, um, so she is very excited. And I hear that it's a pretty good adaptation of that stuff. So if you're a fan, I think it works. So from what I'm I've read, to see what she thinks. Yeah, from what I've read, Neil Gaiman t- turned down about like 20 different <laughs> adaptations before this, this one. one so this is the like, one that no. he's actually like, yeah, I'm I, I like what you're doing this. here. I support this, yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to checking it out. That'll be next time, in two weeks. Yep. In the meantime, though, let's move on to cancellations and renewals. What am I no longer watching? Well, you're still watching, or someone out there is still <laughs> watching, Harry Wild, which gets a second season on Acorn Television. That's still a thing. Acorn Television, yes. Grant Chester will get an eighth season on PBS. Power Book 3, Raising Canaan, gets a third season on Stars. Physical will get a third season on Apple TV+. Love, Death, and Robots will get a fourth season on Netflix. Now we have some deaths to go through. M- Roger E. Mosley, age 83, actor, was in Magnum P.I., Lead Belly, Terminal Island, among others. Dame Olivia Newton-John, yes, was a sad one, age 73, singer, of course, known for her pop classics like Physical and I Honestly Love You. Actress, of course, famously in Greece, mm-hmm. among other things. Grammy winner in 1974, 1975, and 1982. A storied career, a legend of pop music, a dame. Yep, knighted uh, by the queen. Knighted by the queen. So yeah, um, definitely will be missed. An icon of the 70s and 80s. Yes. Uh, if you think of workout videos and spandex and early music videos, you think of Olivia Jane Fonda. No. Oh, sorry. I mean, yes, yes. but also <laughs> Olivia Newton-John. All right, let's move on. Anne Heche. This was a recent one this week. Age 53, that's young, uh, died after complications of a car accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, really, really sad. Uh, was in Another World, Volcano, Dummy Brasco, won an Emmy back in 1991. But yes, this was a real rough one, and unexpected for sure. Yeah, that was the big one that hit uh, this week. Yeah. Especially with car- in fact. Well, it was a car crash, and yeah. then it was put on life support, and right. then officially they had to yesterday. Pull the plug. So, yeah, sad. Definitely a sad one. Yep. Moving on from that sad, sad, sad segue into another the sad, 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 sad box office. Uh, well, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. We go to the movie section, and we always start the movie section with that box office. And this weekend, your number one movie is Bullet Train with a $30 million debut. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I bet they spent $30 million 90. on just... 90. Uh, total budget for this. So, yeah, uh, probably just for... $30 million on just marketing just alone. Just marketing alone. Number two, coming in, number two, DC League of Super Pets with another $11 million. That's at 44. Mm-hmm. Nope. With another $8 million. That's at 97. That will get to that 100 mark. Uh, it did cross the 100 uh, during the course of the week. There you go. Number four, Thor, Love and Thunder with another $7.1 million. That's at 316. And rounding out your top five, Minions, The Rise of Gru with another $7 million. That's at 334. Your other two debuts this week, Easter Sunday, clocked in at number 8 with $5.4 million, and way down at number 15, Bodies, 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 with $226,000. I'm sorry, Pete Davidson, May yeah. 24th? Sorry, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And Charlie XCX had the theme song. Yes. Uh, 
Have you heard that song? It's just Charlie XCX calling herself a hot girl over and over again. That's the theme song to Bodies. Bodies that's Bodies. the theme song? That's the theme song. I guess that's Look it up. I think it's called Hot Girl. Okay. Parentheses. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. <laughs> Anyways. Um, this week, though, if those are not movies you want to see, uh, we have a, a couple of... Uh, no, just one release this one week. One release. One release this week, somehow. Beast. What is Beast? This is the Idris Elba in the jungle fighting the oh, lion. Got it. So, that sounds appealing. And actually, yeah. that kind of does. Yeah. Uh, go see Beast. Idris Elba yeah. in a starring vehicle. What's not to like? All right, let's move on to our movie stories this week. We start with, you're going to be like, what? Is this 2012? Redbox. Yes. Remember Redbox? <laughs> oh, that's not, the, that's not the head-scratching thing. We'll get there. But first, <laughs> Redbox, the struggling DVD rental kiosk operator and video streamer, is now part of... Yes, here's the head scratcher. Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. <laughs> the streaming aggregator that gets its name from, of course, the best-selling series of self-help books. Now, I know if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see my face, but, no, but I am just, like, dying so funny. here. It is a really funny mix. Two old things that you never thought you'd hear in the same sentence. Uh, as someone uh, put in, like, the comments, it sounds like Mad Lips. It does. It honestly does. <laughs> Redbox brings to... Chicken Soups Enterprise, a network of about 36,000 kiosks in the U.S. with a customer loyalty program that has more than 40 million members still, somehow, as well as ad-supported and transactional video-on-demand services. Together, Chicken Soup for the Soul and Redbox now have more than 145 free ad-supported streaming TV fast channels. Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment operates AVOD streaming services including Crackle, what? They own Crackle now? Yeah. I didn't it, know the Crackle wasn't a Sony joint anymore. They acquired it from Sony Pictures. Popcorn flicks and, of course, Chicken Soup for the Soul. The company expects revenue to be more than triple via, or to, to, to triple, I should say, via the Redbox a- acquisition to approximately $500 million annually. So this, I guess, answers the question nobody was asking, which is, <laughs> what, is happen- what happened to the company that put out the Chicken Soup for the Soul books? So, yes. Um, for if you're wondering, yes, Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment <laughs> is the sole property owner of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Yes, way back in like the nineties or two thousand. I'm sure they still sell a bunch of them, just on name alone. I yes. think that people still probably your your uh, youth group leader at church probably still goes to the bookstore and looks for <laughs> Chicken Soup for the Christian Soul or Chicken Soup for the Teenager Soul or chicken soup for the movie lover's soul which is what's happening right here it's ridiculous but... for Redbox yep. so there you go if you're still getting emails from Redbox now you will get emails advertising the chicken soup for the soul streaming I'm oh, sorry but the only email that I received from Redbox I sent right back with a single question Yeah. where's my video games <laughs> <laughs> RIP Redbox video games oh, that, was so good. that was a good way of getting a video game oh, yes, for $5 it was. Dollars on day one all right, let's move on to our second story, which is actually stories, because it's time for movie bits. The bits, the bits, the bits. First bit, Malaysia is set to ban even more LGBTQ, etc. positive films after they banned this year Thor and Lightyear for their same-sex kiss-slash-relationship content. So yeah, Malaysia going to Malaysia. Boo! Yeah. Well, you know. Not surprised, but not hey. Surprised. Next up, speaking of Boo, Johnny Depp 
is set to star in French drama Jean du Barry as King Louis the King Louis the fifteenth uh, in the first film post his trial. So we tried, but you can't get rid of Johnny Depp. Um, also, in side news, um, he's going to once again be the face of Savage. Gross. I don't want to see his face anymore. That's what I'm saying. Next up. Hope you're not sick of Sonic, because they're making another one. Sonic the Hedgehog 3 has a date. It will release on December 20th, 2024. That's right. Two years, but yeah. officially yeah. in the works. And also, one teaser image was shared, which, of course, as you would imagine, the team of all three of them, Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles. So, just like the video games, Sonic 3, you can play as Knuckles. Yes. I guess you can see, see Knuckles more, I guess. You can watch him flop around <laughs> and now, not jump. Here's my question, though. Will they then also put out a fourth film just called Sonic and Knuckles? And can you then stack both movies on top of each other to unlock additional content in the form? Uh, being like putting like the Blu-rays one in after the other, yes. like a I step one and step two? Interlocking Blu-rays <laughs> to unlock special bonus. Insert bonuses. disc one, insert yes. disc two. I want them to do that. Figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> uh, next up in the bits... Kung Fu Panda is back as Kung Fu Panda 4 as a release date, March 8th, 2024. So they're not done with that panda. Yes, and this is separate from the Kung Fu Pandas that are currently going on on Netflix in those series. This is additional to those. Cinematic Panda. Yes. Uh, This following, I guess, the uh, reboot of Puss in Boots they're trying to push through at DreamWorks as well. I saw a trailer for that. Baffling art style. You should you should watch that oh, trailer. No, I did. It was before Marcella, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What are they trying to do there? It's like I anime. Oh, well, yeah. Cell shading. I mean, like what? You know what it is, right? What is it? It's uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, yeah, creeping it into everything. Bad, though it looks worse, though. It's like yes. the same idea, but, but they can't execute. Spider-Man did it. And then yeah. Pixar did it. But it looked with... good when Spider-Man did it. But then Pixar did it. But not the same way. They did not uh, do the uh, the slower frame rate thing that they're doing here. In action scenes. Uh, I'm turning red, did not turning red, yeah. They did not do the, the frame rate shit. They did the 2D inter- like in- interpolation stuff. But mm-hmm. they did not do this frame rate shit that Puss in Boots is doing. I hope they don't do the same thing for Pan- Kung Fu Pandas. I mean, Mitchell's versus the Machines did the same thing. But again, they didn't do it in the same way. This looks bad, their, okay. their version of it. I mean, Christy it shortcut it. Christy literally turned to me while we were watching the trailer and said, this looks unfinished. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yes. It looks like an animatic. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's enough about the Puss in Boots movie. Uh, but yeah, Kung Fu Panda. I don't know, some people like those movies. I didn't see two or three. I've only really? seen the first one. Christy says she saw two and liked two, but I never saw either of the sequels. I saw two. I think, yeah, I saw three, but I think it was a bit after, because that's one with um, yeah. uh, Cranston, Brian Cranston. Yeah, it was later. Yeah, about the extra pandas. Sure. Yes. Take your word for it. More pandas than <laughs> Kung Fu Panda. More pandas. All right, next up, uh, Zelda Williams, daughter, of course, of the late Robin Williams, will make her directorial debut with a project called Lisa Frankenstein. 
Yeah. I don't know anything about this. Do you know something about this? I don't know, but it's got Frankenstein in it. I'm like, okay. yeah. I guess it's a Frankenstein adaptation, yeah. uh, potentially with a female lead. Um, hey, I like I like Zelda uh, as a person. She seems like a cool uh, person. She's always always very friendly online and has a devoted uh, cult of followers. And so, yeah, it's cool to see her getting into creative stuff like directing. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Uh, next bit. Michelle Yeoh will receive an honorary doctorate from the American Film Institute. Yes, cool. AFI. That AFI. Good for her. Um, fresh off of a, um, a fruitful career lately. So, good for her. Mm-hmm. Next up, Lionsgate CEO John Feltheimer has vowed that the company will prioritize and protect the reproductive rights of its employees. Obviously, this uh, comes in the wake, the continued wake of the Supreme Court overturning of Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to see a big company CEO uh, get in front of this and be like, no, I support these rights and I will, and I will support the people who uh, uh, need access to abortions. So, do you know about um, John uh, Feltenheimer's letters? No, I don't know much about him in general. So, every week he sends out a letter to... Oh, he's one of those. He's one of those. He sends out a letter to all the employees <laughs> of the company. Oh, so he did the opposite of what the Sony guy did. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Uh, go, go, did, uh, did this guy tell uh, any stories about his pets? Um, he may have in the past, <laughs> but... In this uh, email, this though. Is that this email? Well, yes, this was specifically on the reproductive rights. Ooh. All right, that's it for the movie bits this week. Uh, let's move on. You have one thought. You watched a movie, a streaming film. Yes. An anime film. Ah, did you see this as well? No, but I know about it. I did not watch okay. this. I know about this. Uh, I was recently listening to a podcast about Beauty and the Beast, the Disney film. Yes. And they mentioned, uh, as when they were talking about recent adaptations of this classic story, mm-hmm. they mentioned this. So I'm aware of its existence. Ah, yes, but are you aware of who directed this? No, I'm not. So this is the third, um, how should I put this better, Um, interweb-based film. Interweb? Yeah. (laughs) From the same director that brought us Digimon the movie Uh, and Summer Wars. This is the third film in that. So so Digimon the movie came out in like early 2000, 2001. Yes. Yes. And it was his interpretation of the internet then, which was, like, the internet was a place yeah. where you could go online with your friends. I don't know a whole lot about Summer Wars, but the one thing I do know about Summer Wars is it basically revisits the same concept of Digimon the movie, yes. rips the IP out of it, and tells an original story in the same kind of circumstances. Yeah, same kind of circumstances, yeah. except... I, by the way, I saw Digimon, Digimon the movie in a theater with my father, and we hated it. <laughs> Were you not thrown off by the uh, Angela Anaconda beginning? Oh, my God. Yeah, I think I remember that moment. My dad was just like, what is, what is this? I'm like, I don't know either. Shoehorned right in there. We didn't watch a whole lot of Fox Kids outside of the occasional episode of Digimon, so we were baffled. Uh, but anyway. Man, 1999. What a time. Uh, still what a time like the worst cold opening ever. <laughs> Anyways. So this also doesn't have Angela Anaconda in it. No. Uh, so Summer Wars came yes. out in about 2010, about 10 years later. Uh-huh. And the interpretation of not just like are you online with your friends, but you're online with your family and everything's interconnected now. And everything yeah. works within the internet. Like it's become this vast big experience. So here we are with Bell 10 years later yes. uh, where the internet is now a place where you can become Anyone you want, um, with like gamer tags, with 
personas, uh, personifications, whether you like YouTube, avatars. Twitch, avatars, um, metaverses. Yeah. Uh, uh, VTubers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I can see your voice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. avatars. Uh, where you can go online and you can be whoever you want to. You don't have to be yourself. You can break out of the shell. You can be who you are within yourself um, out onto the internet web. And online. Yes, thank you. Well, they call it you. They call it the U-verse. I don't want to call it the U. Yeah, no, not you. You, like the shape. Oh, you. 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 Yes. Like we. Exactly. It was the first thing that I thought of when they showed it. I was like, yeah. you, like we. When I think the internet, I think of the Wii U. Yes, obviously. That's where he got this from. Uh, but that's, um, the, that's the starting premise of where it goes. And then... Uh, then it goes into a very classic story of Beauty and the Beast, where you have uh, Beauty, uh, Belle, Beauty, the, the Belle, Belle, the titular Belle, who is a up-and-coming rising singer that everyone hey. is, like, coming on to. But no one knows who she is, because it's the Avatar version of her, uh, who has a great voice okay. and a good-looking Avatar. Right. But, like, the person themselves is, like... The a beast, like because they're like have like scars and not really um, like beautiful on the outside, like in the real world. But because it's an avatar version, right. they can look how they are on the inside. They have chosen. They have chosen to represent themselves online, different from their physical appearance. Yes, life. but then there's an actual like physical digital beast as well who oh. has all the scars and how that represents someone else out there who has. Like internal scars that may not be physical, yeah, but more internal yeah. and emotional scars chosen to represent themselves as they feel like they are, like yes. as they envision themselves. Yes, and that's what I really like about this yeah, movie. It's a neat spin. It's on a good spin on it. Classic story. Yeah, and so they like the they meet like in this universe yeah. uh, and like form a bond, a connection, like. Scars that you don't really have, or like scars that are shown but are not shown, yeah. like a, an understanding of between one another. Like you have scars, but then like, that's not really who you are. You're more than just the scars, either on the outside or on the inside. Yeah. You're more within that person. And it's a really neat and interesting story, and I really liked it. Cool. Okay. Cool. Um, how's the animation? Uh, like something like this has got to probably be ha like high budget. Yeah, lots of computer animation into yeah. it. Lots of throwing. Uh, he does really love his whales because the whales are back in the whales. in the world. Love an animated whale. Oh, he loves animated whales. Who doesn't? Uh, he loves like the digital whales, just like oh, like the guardian whales within yeah. the the universe. It's uh, he loves it. But yeah, uh, lots of high high animation budget here. Cool. Um, there are a few scenes you can tell where uh, he might be slipping there. Uh, may not be completely like, fully animated, but uh, overall, I had a real time, real good time real doing time. this. Um, this film technically came out in Japan last year, okay. but didn't hit American theaters until this year, so I'm counting it as a 2022 film. Sure, yeah, makes sense. Um, but it's hit in like January, and then we finally... We do an American release schedule here. Yeah. Yes, and then finally uh, found its way to streaming service on yeah. HBO Max, where cool. you can view it now. Cool, cool, cool. Well, great. So uh, how about, so if you're not necessarily a fan of anime, do you think this has enough... Uh, Kind of can get hooks into you if you're not necessarily familiar with anime tropes. Yes. Yeah. But 
it also has some pretty good, unique music to attach to it. Okay. Because, like I said, Belle is a singer. singer so you need to have that. Yes. Yeah. And you need to have good music. You need to have lyrics that, like, touch you, uh, like, deep, they speak yeah. to you. Speaking of which, um, is this presented uh, with an option for a dub or sub, or is only one? Um, it is presented with dub. It is only a dub? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't look if, it was, if there was a sub version. Okay, interesting. All right. Yeah, I always have to ask with anime stuff, because uh, yep. some streaming services do have a toggle with, like, audio track, and some will let you choose. Mm. So I, I wonder if HBO Max allows you. They're not necessarily a service that has a lot of anime on, no. on it, but um, the ones that do, I believe, have options now. I mean, this isn't a part of Crunchyroll, though? No, it's so this not. This is a straight-up movie. But added. even outside of Crunchyroll, I believe that that is something that some of the services offer. So, figured I'd ask. Uh, but anyways, yeah, let's see. Uh, yeah, I don't see it. It just says English, so probably yeah, just, just English. Dub. So yeah, yeah, unfortunately, if you're looking for a subbed version of this, you won't be able to get it on HBO Max. But I imagine that a digital release of this is probably also available, and I would yes. imagine that that would also that would have probably an option for yes, the Yes, there's definitely a digital release version of it. So there you go. All right, cool. I'm, I, that sounds interesting. I might check this out. Uh, although I just saw it as a two-hour runtime, so I don't know. <laughs> carve out some time. Yes. But, uh, cool. Very cool. But, hey, I mean, you don't, don't really have to carve out a whole lot of time for us because we're pretty much done. Yes. Uh, that was a quickie, as I imagined it was going to be. So thank you for joining us here at the Media Boat Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you didn't, uh, well, don't tell us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, uh, hey, there's other episodes you can listen to that you can enjoy. Yes. Uh, you can find our video versions of those episodes on YouTube, our channel. We're also there live uh, occasionally. We'll be back live, not next week, but the week after that for another show. If you want to join us, go to youtube.com and search Media Boat Podcast and find our page. Like, subscribe, click the bell for notifications. Whatever you need to do, we'll be there for you with all our video versions of our podcasts. If you'd rather listen to it in audio form, we have you there as well. You can download us on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, search Media Boat Podcast, and you'll find us. You can also find us on social media platforms. Twitter, we're at Media Boatcast. Facebook, 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 Facebook. search Media Boat Podcast, and you can find our page there. If you have uh, questions, comments, feedback about the show, anything you'd like to tell us, we'll read your question on the show. If you send it to mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. And last but definitely not least, we're all updated over at mediaboatpodcast.com. So you can see a clean, organized archive of all our shows there, uh, to a certain date, uh, <laughs> there uh, with fun um, show art that I prepared just special for you. So check out mediaboatpodcast.com for that and so thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time uh, with a solo show from Mike here yep. while I'm in sunny Florida. And then after that, we'll be back with a whole bunch of thoughts and news for you. Uh, oh, I love vacation again. thoughts. Yes, vacation thoughts. Vacation thoughts. Always fun. So yes, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time. See you guys then. Have a good week and bye. All right, bye. Bye.